Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. I wanted to add one quick thing before we get started. I'm listening to some of the financial struggles out there and I get it. So if you are a podcast listener, I am offering 20% off working with me to help end your binge eating, overeating, your emotional eating, and get you into the body you want to be in to lose the weight for good. If you've been considering working with me, now is the time. I offer four online plans that you can take a look at on my website, heatherheinen.com, under the services tab. And then under that, it would be the choose a plan for weight loss and health coaching. That's where it lists all the plans that I offer. There's four of them, all with different components and all for different values. And for example, plan one is contact weekly via email for weekly check-ins, accountability, and you get a new plan every week to help you follow each week and access to me throughout the week. And much more that goes along with that plan that you can read about in the, on the website. But typically this plan is $219 per month. But as a podcast listener and 20% off, your cost is $176 per month. It's a really big savings. I've never done it before, but I don't think we've ever been in a um, economy like this before. So I offer other plans that are even less in money and will also reflect that 20% discount if you are a podcast listener. I also have lowered my one-on-one phone coaching sessions to $85 for a 50 to 55 minute session. And I am now offering a 25 to 30 minute session, which I've never offered before for $50. I'm hoping that by trying to meet you all where you are at, where many of us are at in this new economy, that you can still get the help you know can help you get you going again, keep you accountable and get you the results for life that you have been struggling for for so long. I know the struggle with binge eating, emotional eating, overeating, as well as that yo-yo dieting cycle and the shame of losing and then gaining over and over, not to mention the exhaustion behind all that. And I really can help you change this and create that food freedom life and get you into the body you want to be in and make it sustainable. This offer will go on for the next month or so. We are right now um, in July. So I'm thinking the next month, maybe into August, I'm not sure yet. So if you've been wanting to get some coaching and help to lose the weight for good, get in touch now. You can email me at info at heatherheinen.com. No, yeah, info at heatherheinen.com. Remember Heinen is spelled H-E-Y. N-E-N. And in that email, let me know that you're a podcast listener in order to receive the discount. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all doing well. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a concept 
that is used often in therapy called reframing. So we're going to discuss how to use this strategy, the strategy of reframing for life in general, but also specifically how to use it if you're trying to change some eating or some health behaviors. In last week's podcast, I talked about why we keep doing the things we don't want to do and how to unwind this behavior through practicing bringing the unconscious thoughts um, and stories we're telling ourselves into our consciousness. Once the unconscious habits and patterns are brought into our consciousness, once we are aware of them, we can then begin to use reframing, the technique of reframing, to make the thought changes necessary to make the behavior changes we want to make. Because remember, we always want to enter that thought line. We want to make changes at that thought line first if we're trying to change behavior because thoughts create the feelings with the sensations in our body that then motivate our behavior that kind of trigger us into action. So we always want to hit those thoughts first. Reframing, um, you know, is something that is used quite often in therapy. I, I teach my clients how to begin to shift their story or the narrative they're telling themselves that is not helpful or that is not useful to them anymore. So reframing is taking a situation or an experience and shifting how you tell your story about it. It does not mean making up something or lying or creating a fantasy that didn't happen. Um, it's not, reframing is not about denying what happened or pretending something didn't happen. It's not about lying to yourself. Reframing is the process by which certain thoughts about situations are changed. It, it creates a different way of looking at a situation, a person, or a relationship by changing its meaning. So it's not about changing what's happening or what happened. Um, it's about changing, shifting perspective in order to change the meaning of what's going on. It's looking at situations um, in a different way. Re- reframing is a way that we can alter our perceptions and our stressors. And through this process, we relieve huge amounts of stress and create a more positive life without making changes to our circumstances that we cannot change. Because the truth is, although many of us feel like life would be easier and better if this situation were different or this person were different, the truth is we have no control often over changing some of those things. So when we don't have control in a situation to change something, this is where reframing comes in in order to bring us more peace, more contentment, better quality of life. I've worked with many clients um, to successfully lose weight or to make significant changes in their lives. And much of these changes come simply from teaching clients how to think differently along with reframing a situation or a belief. I see many people wanting to lose weight or get healthy and have the best intentions. They have the best intentions to do this. This is me too over multiple times, only to last a few days or weeks on a specific diet plan. So what what is the key to maintaining a successful diet or lifestyle that creates and maintains a healthy body, if, if you can reframe your image or thoughts um, before or even alongside a new healthy eating plan, you're more likely to sustain 
the new habits that you want to incorporate. So again, you know, just just reiterating how this reframing or the thinking um, even before you start a specific way of eating or moving or at least alongside of making those changes is really critical. Most people dealing with weight problems or unhealthy habits are usually experiencing lots of negative self-judgment in their heads. And I've got quite a few um, podcast episodes talking about this, but that negative self-judgment that goes on in our brains, um, many people are not even aware that this self-talk is going on. Uh, And this is a little bit a part of what I talked about in last week's episode on bringing the unconscious into the conscious, like gaining that awareness. The conscious or the unconscious negative self-talk is truly what prevents us from changing our lives for the better and for the long term, the lasting changes. So when, when we reframe and practice new ways of looking at things, new ways of seeing things, we can give ourselves the gift of discovering how much easier it is to get rid of the resistance holding us back from making the changes in our lives and moving forward with confidence. Really, quite often, our minds, um, they they will put together distorted thoughts. So thinking patterns that are not necessarily completely true, and at the very least, they are unhelpful or not useful for the changes that we try to make. So here, I'm going to give a few examples to try to help you conceptualize this a little bit better. Um, here's a, here's a couple examples of how our mind might distort things. So instead of simply noticing, you know, I am overweight, the mind will generate the thought, I'm so fat, which is why I'll never have friends or a partner who will love me. My extra weight makes me unworthy of being loved or accepted. So the mind kind of, you know, slips into all these judgments and all these what ifings. Um, and we're often not aware that our brains are talking to us like this, you know, running these negative or unhelpful patterns of thought, thoughts. And then even if the weight, even if our weight starts to drop, these patterns of thoughts continue on and will most definitely sabotage any weight loss efforts. You know, I work a lot with my clients to identify these negative self-judgments to get super clear on what exactly are these self-judgments going on, um, what our brains are telling us. You know, I really want to get them um, clear on that and bring them into the consciousness so then we can work, then work on reframing them. Here, Here's a... Um, Here's a pretty common example of an unconscious or conscious belief and and thoughts that I often see that I work with a lot. So one um, one might be you are unlovable and don't belong because you are overweight. And by the way, this can be used for other goals as well, not just being overweight. If you're trying to change how you relate to others or to be less angry or more patient, etc., this works in the exact same way. So. Back to the example, you are unlovable and don't belong because you are overweight. Reframing that statement starts by asking yourself, is that really true? Is it really, really true? Get curious about it. Get very 
um, non-judgmental when you answer that question. You almost have to, you know, think about it as kind of stepping outside yourself. Like, um, you know, if somewhere, someone else was listening to you make that statement, would they absolutely agree that it was for sure true? So just getting very curious, not judgmental. Um, if you still believe it's true, because it really may be, then you can shift the statement just a bit. You can still reframe it a bit to make it where you can move the belief to a possible change in the future. So you may absolutely believe this statement right now, but you can still reframe it and work on the brain um, by crea- creating a sentence or a thought where there's still a possible change in the future. So something like this, I feel and think this now about myself, but I can also be open to the possibility that I can think something different about myself as I do this work. So statements spoken out loud, especially, or written, especially, (laughs) to ourselves, like the one I just stated, is a way to get our brains to learn to accept who and what we are in the moment. We, we will never fully get rid of negative self-talk, but using reframing does begin to alter their quality, to alter um, sometimes the intensity of it. So, so that these sort of negative self-talking, um, unconscious, conscious statements no longer block or, or sabotage us from achieving any goals that we have in life. Strong emotions, by the way, really um, skew how we frame reality as humans. So, you know, just think about this for a minute. Strong emotions really can skew how we see our world. If we are angry, we frame events through the lens of rage in that moment. When we feel love, we see everything as wonderful. Um, And best example there, remember falling in love for the first time? All those amazing emotions, like, you know, you feel like you're floating through the day. Everything is framed then through that emotion. When we're depressed, then neutral or even good or happy events are going to be interpreted negatively. So, you know, in therapy, when I'm coaching a client, my my goal is to be supportive and empathetic to their concerns, but I'm also there to partner with my clients to work through their issues. So when we take on their challenges, whatever they are, and I offer my client another perspective, this is reframing. And this is why sometimes it's helpful to work with a therapist or a coach uh, who, who is kind of, you know, knows how to do this to help you start to learn how to reframe. Sometimes it can be difficult, but the truth is you don't need you know, a therapist or a coach either, kind of depending on where you're at and what your situation is. A lot of this you can do through self-coaching, through journaling, um, through practicing some of these techniques, um, practicing these techniques daily. Back to the emotion stuff, when I am working with a client and giving them another perspective to help them reframe, I am looking at at the reactions that are driven from emotion in my clients and from that 
helping to adjust their perspective or thought patterns or habits of thoughts. The, the emotions that we feel, the thoughts that we think that create these emotions, they're often rooted in those old habit patterns of thoughts that no longer serve us. They are no longer helpful. Remember our framework for change? And this is an episode, it's one of my first episodes, and I think it's called Framework for Change. So, you know, you can go back and revisit that. But our framework for change, thoughts create feelings. Feelings come along with little, you know, sensations that pulse throughout our bodies, which then motivate our behaviors, which, um, you know, give us the momentum to behave in certain ways. When, when we work to reframe a situation by taking on a new perspective, we can adjust these patterns and eventually break them over time, leaving us feeling so much healthier and so much more in control of our own minds and brains, which brings so many more good feelings. We get to experience more and more often. It really does improve our quality of life and not to mention just ours. It really improves the quality of life of those involved with us in relationships, Um, our children, our significant others, our friends, our family. Okay, so reframing is often, I talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but it's often misinterpreted as taking a situation or a thought and trying to reframe it to make it positive. And if you work with me at all, you know I am not a big believer in positive thinking. Um, I'm not saying positive thinking isn't great and and can't work and and isn't um, helpful. I'm just saying I'm not a big believer in teaching it or telling people to do it because in the reality of our humanity and how we exist as humans, just thinking positive does not... It's not applicable all the time. It doesn't feel right. It it just doesn't work. So, you know, it's just, um, it's too simplistic for how we work as humans. So let me give you an example. You step on the scale and your weight has gone up two pounds since last week, even though this last week you have worked so hard. You know, you've really been into your food plan. You followed it to a T. You've done your movement plan. You you cut out all alcohol. You can't believe that the scale is up after all this work. And your immediate thought is, I will never lose this weight. It's not even worth it to keep going. I quit. You may think about reframing this to just saying something positive like, it's okay, I'm amazing, I'm awesome, and this doesn't matter at all. Now, if you do this and actually actually really feel that, great. But you are like one, I don't know, one in a thousand, one in a million, and you have had lots of practice with reframing. But for most of us, if we say something positive like that to ourselves in that moment, it just feels like a big lie. It doesn't work. But a reframe that might work to keep you doing what you want to do might be something less positive, but more neutral. Something like, I'm really disappointed after all the work I did this past week. But I also know this happens sometimes where a body holds on to weight. I'm going to look at this last week and see if there is anything I could try changing so I end up with a loss next week. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. That reframe 
will keep you going and will eventually get you to your goals without having to be that fake positive to where you feel like you're lying to yourself. When you're working to reframe something, think more in neutral terms at first, not just thinking positive. Okay, so you know how I always have to give practical um things to do to practice. You know, I'm I'm so I'm very into not just giving information, but really teaching the how to do the things that I that I present, the information that I give. So here are some practical daily practice um, to put into place this week to hone your skill at reframing. Okay, so first thing, we're gonna talk about three steps here, three things. So first one, awareness. Write down one of your unhelpful thoughts or situations that your brain throws up about yourself. What, what is something unhelpful that your brain keeps throwing up about you? Write it down. Second one, ask questions about the thought. Is this true? Is it really true? Ask yourself, are you catastrophizing or magnifying things? Are you thinking in all or nothing black or white? Are you what ifing or fortune telling? Are you personalizing? Are you thinking that everything negative happening around you is somehow related to you? Are you taking things too personally? Which by the way, that one happens quite a bit for me. <laughs> Re- okay. Third one then. So you've got one, two, first one's awareness. Then second one is asking questions about the thought you write, wrote down. Third one, reframe the thought, the thought about the situation. Do this by writing down an alternative shifted thought. If this is difficult for you, imagine that your best friend or a child you love just told you they were thinking the thought about themselves or the situation that you wrote down in in number one. What would you tell them? How would you frame the situation or thought for the person you love? Often this little technique will help you move into that shifted thought place to reframe your own thought. So now I'm going to go through um, a bunch of examples of reframed thoughts to kind of get you going. Um, And feel free to use any of these, but I would suggest speaking them out loud, writing them down. Okay, so here's an unhelpful thought. I'm always going to struggle financially. Reframed thought. Financial struggles are hard and I can make one choice today to build my savings. Unhelpful thought. I have so much to do that I will never get anything done today. Reframe thought. If I do one thing at a time, I know I can surprise myself with how much I accomplish. Unhelpful thought. I'm never going to get over my ex. Reframe thought. I am figuring out how to heal, and I know there are possibilities of finding the right relationship for me in the future. Unhelpful thought. My idea is so stupid. Reframe thought. Creativity makes me feel vulnerable, but I can still believe in my idea. While I'm open to feedback, I don't need to criticize myself. Unhelpful thought. I'm not good enough. Reframe thought. I have strengths and I have weaknesses because I'm human. Unhelpful thought, the world is falling apart. Reframe thought, with all the problems in the world, I get to figure out what part I will play in the solution. Unhelpful thought, I will never lose this weight. Reframe thought, 
I am figuring out how to lose this weight for good. I can keep going. Okay, so I gave you some of the ones I see most often in those I work with. Understand the huge power behind reframing, behind reconceptualizing. When you get good at this, and remember, to get good at this, you must practice, practice, practice. It is a skill that you are building. It's like building a muscle. You have to work out, work out, work out to build it. This is the same thing. When you do this, when you practice this, you will find so much more peace, meaning, feelings of fulfillment. It it does not mean your life becomes perfect, but it means in the tough times, you're much more equipped to manage them quickly and with continued peace while you're going through them. It also means you reach your goals and dreams so much quicker. Your thoughts matter in everything we do and getting skilled at noticing our thoughts, thinking about our thinking, and then implementing skills to shift our thinking and practicing, this changes lives. This really changes lives. So I really encourage you to really practice this week. Do those three steps. Um, the awareness, write, and remember, writing all this down is really important, or at least speaking it out loud to yourself. But the awareness of the, the negative thought, the thought, the unhelpful thought, asking questions about the thought, and then practicing reframing the thought. I really encourage you to do this uh, daily this week and see what changes end up coming up for you. Okay, you can head over to my social media um, or website for more resources, heatherheinen.com, on Instagram at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. I also have a high protein recipes only page at Peak Protein Recipes on Instagram. And if you keep listening right now, you're going to get some more information on how my clients take a deeper dive on these topics with me through online programs and coaching. It's where you get the actual structured lessons, worksheets, journal prompts, support and coaching behind all this stuff I'm putting out there to lose your weight for good, improve your health, and live the life you've been dreaming about in the body you've been dreaming about. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Hello? Hello. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good too. It's a nice uh, early Saturday morning here, but the skies are looking just beautiful. So I don't know. It's just been such a nice morning. Nice and cool. Yes, that is true. (laughs) But it is December. So I I know. I'm waiting for the big one to come because it's been too nice. Uh, Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we know it will be here at some point. So yeah. Yes. Well, why don't we get into things? Can you kind of update me a little bit on how this last month has gone, just kind of where you're at and what you're hoping for today? Okay. Um, uh, Things have gone pretty good. I mean, I have to say there's only been a couple of times that like that binge urge has come. Yeah. I did, you know, I did the stop, set a timer. 
Oh, you did the urge surfing. Yes. The urge, yes. Yes. And then, um, you know, I still did, but I didn't have as much. Awesome. And I definitely didn't beat myself up. Good. <laughs> just like, okay, did it. And okay. And you just had a couple of what you thought you wanted. So that was good. Yeah. Um, I've actually, I have lost some weight. Oh my goodness. Good job. Which is good. And but the thing that is like really hard and I like yeah. yesterday, I thought I did so good with my protein intake. Yeah. And I start, and I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I thought, you know, start, cal- you know, um, keeping track. So right. you know what you're getting. So sure. I, I downloaded an app that I've used before and I did that and thought I did so good. And I maybe got over half of right for protein. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? So just so you know, just so you know, you are not alone in that. That's really, really typical. <clears throat> That's very typical. So yeah, it's well, protein tough. Yep. It is tough. It is. Cause, and I think it's because you, I know I don't have to get it all in meat. Cause I just yeah, I, no, I don't eat three meals a day and right. on meat. Um, but I'm trying to like have some cottage cheese and yeah. Use the Greek yogurt, which I do. I like Greek yogurt. I like, in fact, I substitute Greek yogurt for sour cream and pretty much everything. I don't buy sour cream anymore. So, yep, great. So that's good. So I think I I'd kind of like to get some better ideas on the proteins. Okay, and then just kind of the next steps to keep it going. Yeah. Um, and I almost I don't know. I kind of wonder too if my focus on trying to get protein in has like detracted my brain from wanting to go find something else to stuff in my mouth. I don't know, <laughs> but that's not a good thing. I was going to say, maybe we can just look at that as a, a positive, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I never thought it would be so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a tough one. Um, so with the pro, so I'm just going to, I'm going to recap a little bit from okay. our last time and what you just said. And then, um, then let's go into, uh, the challenges, which sounds like that's the protein piece. Um, and then also, uh, moving forward. But so last time when we talked, that was going to be our number one protein was kind of your goal. You were going to try to get in that 110 to 130 grams a day. And you, you did have a goal of trying to lose some weight, which mm-hmm. it sounds like you're on the right track for that. So that's awesome. Um, and then you were also, it was that piece of after the binge, you were going to really work on being compassionate with yourself, uh, letting go of that shame, which sounds like you did, which is great. And can also then, it kind of stops that cycle that we talk, talked about last time when you intervene in that way which sounds like you've been able to interrupt that cycle more and more and more. And then the urge surfing, which sounds like overall has been a win for you. So that's all really great. Now with the protein, when you tracked it, were you at like, were you around 50 grams a day? Where were you kind of at? Yeah, it was about 50 to 60 grams. Okay. And that's really uh, quite typical when I have people starting (laughs) to do this. So So let's talk a little bit about, can you tell me sort of just maybe on an average day, how you were taking in protein, what you were eating when you're eating that sort of thing? Okay. Um, I mean, I guess off the top of my head, I can think yesterday. Okay. Um, and it's, it's usually three meals a day. All right. Um, yesterday morning I had a bowl of the Greek yogurt with some, uh, granola. Okay. 
and then I had okay for lunch. I did have I I shared a pizza pizza with my my granddaughter. Delicious. But and then I had um, I think I had a little cottage cheese too. Okay. Yeah. I, like I said, I split a piece of pizza with her <laughs> eating two pieces of pizza. I think that's awesome. Yes. Uh, and then um, I had. Later in the afternoon, it's one of those baby bell cheeses. Yep. And then last night for dinner, I made um, some homemade creamy tomato soup. Okay. And had a half of a grilled cheese sandwich using Velveeta cheese slices, which I don't know if they're better than the other or not. And then um, using a multigrain, a slice of multigrain bread. Sure. And then because I wanted something before I went to bed, I did mm-hmm. have bowl of cottage cheese and threw some blueberries in there oh perfect great okay and then I have like I tried the Progo bars oh yeah um, yeah the free box yeah I I was like you know these aren't bad yeah so they had a deal that was like too good to pass up on (laughs) yeah wasn't it like get two boxes buy one get two free or something yes Uh so I did order those and so I Mm -hmm. thought okay I'll use those maybe I don't know. Is it best to use those for snacks or if you're like yeah. running around and you don't want to grab fast food, you eat it for lunch. I mean, it's probably yep. not either way, either way is just fine for yeah. sure. You know, it's got about 20 grams of protein in it. So either way it works snack, or if you're going to do a quick meal replacement, cause you have to for sure. Okay. Okay. That's great. So, um, okay. So here, here's with yesterday you know, some things that maybe you could think about tweaking moving forward. So that breakfast piece is gonna, you know, I kind of like to coach clients on trying to get like a pretty big bolus of protein in at breakfast because it can, it's, you know, we've been um, catabolic throughout the night, right? So Mm -hmm. we want that breakfast piece and that protein threshold. And actually there's real recent research that is just um, studies that have come out on this. So if you can hit about 35 to 50 grams of protein right away in the morning for breakfast, you, you get, everything is just kind of golden for the rest of the day. But here's the other reason I like to coach people and, and help them get into this habit, because then you've got a chunk of your protein in for the day. So it's not as hard to kind of like at the end of the day, trying to get in this certain amount of protein, which can be really difficult as the day goes on. So one thing you might consider trying, and you have to let me know if, you know, me, it's like, it has to be doable. So if we get done kind of chatting about this piece and you're like, there's just no way, just let me know. And then we'll try something else. But if we could get you in the morning, so you had a Greek yogurt. So that would have been about 17 to 20 grams of protein. Um, that little bit of granola is not going to really count. It's going to have like one gram of, but that's fine to have it because that makes the yogurt taste good. (laughs) Right. But if we could add something to that, so I don't know if your stomach could handle two servings of Greek yogurt, or if you could do something like have the Greek yogurt and granola, but then also have maybe a scoop of whey protein, just shaken up with some water or almond milk or milk or something like that and chug it down. Um, or I don't know, do you have time to make eggs or anything like that? Or do you need more of a quick breakfast go to? No, I, I mean, I, you know, I have time to make eggs. Um, I think it's always been that 
you try, you get in this mindset of light eating. Right. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I just had my little bowl of yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. So so the thought is like, it's doable, but you go, that's a lot of food. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So let me give you some of the, um, a little bit of science behind what we're finding out, because that might help your brain feel more willing to do it versus that resistance piece of, ah, I should be eating light and not this much food. So this has kind of come out in recent research in regards to circadian, circadian rhythms. And what we know for people, if you're trying to lose, so now you and I are kind of talking a little bit about maybe losing some weight. Um, We're not talking so much about the binging piece, although eating a big breakfast can actually help with the, if you're someone who overeats in the evenings. So it, when we get that big protein hit or that big, um, more, more calories in the morning, what happens is because we're catabolic throughout the night, we are just, our bodies are just ready to soak everything up. So if we can get over the threshold of 35 grams well, they're showing around 35 to 50 grams of protein right then in the morning. Um, basically, if you want to think of it, like our muscles are just primed to take that in, right? So so they're going to use it. That's going to help, help maintain our muscle mass, which help maintains our metabolism and just a really healthy state of well-being. I mean, really muscle is health. And so you can think of it that way, that when I hit that in the morning, because of my circadian rhythm, because of where my hormones are at, it is a signal to the body to use that all up and to really get everything going just beautifully. I mean, there's been this recent thing of, you know, fasting. And so most people are skipping breakfast. That was me forever believing that was what needed to happen. And now we're kind of going back to, breakfast might be the most important meal of the day, which annoys people because it's always back and forth with everything. But it's kind of cool when we get some research coming out explaining why that might be important. Now, I do believe for some people, fasting is awesome. And if the easiest way to do it is in the morning, that's fine. But for your goals and where you're at, your best bet is going to be getting that big bolus of protein in, in the morning for your goals of lessening the overeating, binging and trying to drop a few pounds. Okay. So, yeah. And so just understanding like, you know, uh, just like light in the morning is a signal to our hypothalamus to get the whole hormonal cascade going to optimize our health, our well-being, our energy, all those things. Food is also um, one of those signals. It, it's a it's a circadian signal. It really affects. Um, well, it's a signal to the hypothalamus. Okay, we're going to start dropping all that whole whole hormonal cascade for the rest of the day that optimizes everything else. Wow, that's so you can keep that in mind when your brain is like, no, you no, should be eating light. Help <laughs> <laughs> convince it that it's okay. To so have what a big about? Breakfast. So like, um, like I've done overnight oats. Yeah. Um, it's one of the recipes that came or some of the recipes that came with that Golo I had mentioned. Yep. Yep. Um, and like it taught you add some, is it, do you say chai? Is that how you say that? Chai seed? Oh, acai or, um, how do you say that? That powder, acai powder or? No, it's the, it, it, I think it's chai seeds. Oh, chia seeds. Chia seeds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so chia seeds, I think. Right. Um, and I think it does call for like um, 
protein powder, which right now currently in my cupboard I have, it's, um, I think it's collagen peptides. So here's, so here's, first of all, awesome that you're adding. You do want to, if you're doing overnight oats, you definitely want to add protein powder to it. But collagen peptides is not the same. Okay. Protein powder. Collagen peptides, they're awesome for skin, uh, um, joint health, like, like ligament, tendon, um, skin, hair, all those things. But the, um, collagen is not, it, um, it does not have all the essential amino acids. Okay. So, so it's not going to benefit muscular, that metabolism, that piece that we're looking for from, um, a full amino acid profile. Now, we can get into the little nitty gritty here and let me know if this gets a little overwhelming. You could use the collagen peptide and then add like a, um, like a perfect aminos, like a full, uh, full chain amino supplement complex, like BCAAs that would help give you that full, um, um, all the essential amino acids that you need from a protein. With that said, we don't have a ton of positive for sure science that that's going to work that way. So your better bet would be to get like a whey protein powder. Okay. Yeah. And then can you, can you add that to like, so I don't know, I have like a, a muffin recipe that I've kind of been tweaking, like yeah. a wheat flour versus all purpose flour and throwing in the chia seed. Yeah. I mean, and throwing in protein powder, that's just going to be a, an additional boost. Exactly. And it's a great way to sneak protein into your diet. I actually have, a, um, this is not a plug. This is just to give you some resources. I do have an Instagram account called Peak Protein Recipes. It's P-E-A-K, like a mountain peak, Peak okay. Recipes. And it, on that page, um, I have a bunch of recipes with like baked goods that include protein powder. It, everything's high protein. So, you know, and not just me, you can Google, there are people with tons of, you know, you can Google high protein recipes, high protein baked goods. There's tons out there. So. Okay. And then that way a person can be shaken up what they're eating for breakfast. So you don't exactly. feel like eating the same thing. Exactly. And especially if you don't want to make eggs, can't like, I can't even do eggs. I've got a little allergy to them. You know, a lot of people can't, and and sometimes there you get sometimes you you can't do too many eggs either because the fat content in the yolk kind of puts you over on fat, right? Like it's right. almost too filling. So then you can't get the protein in that you need to get in. So this is kind of a little game of how do I get that huge bolus in in the morning without feeling too full, like uncomfortable, and um still feeling good and still, you know, not feeling too heavy. So eggs can kind of make some people feel that heavy feeling because of that fat content. So, okay. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, let's break it down here. If you do your overnight oats, you can add your collagen, but then, but more important, add a scoop of whey protein powder. You can, and the chia seeds in there are great. You know, they've, they've got lots of great nutrients. And then if you would alongside, that's going to give you about 20, 25 grams of protein. Okay. So still need to eat something else alongside that. So you could do your yogurt and granola alongside it. That would give you about 45 grams of protein in the morning. Or you could do something like 
eat the like half the chicken breast that you had last night from dinner. You know, you could have leftovers in that way along with, you know, so you're just really trying to get that bigger amount of protein in at breakfast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Like doable? Like, do you have sort of an idea in your head of how you could make it happen? Yeah, I do. Now, when we talk about eggs, like we're talking like one egg. Yeah. So, yeah, this is how I would do eggs and and how I've done them when I was able to eat them in the past or how I coach people on eggs. Like I would just do one whole egg and then you could do egg whites. Like you could add to that, but I would just do egg whites. It'll keep the the meal lighter and you'll be able to, because egg whites have, you know, they've got, I think each egg white has six grams of protein in it. So you could do one whole egg plus three or four egg whites. You know, you could do something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's doable. Okay. And then I would just say with those chia seeds, if you start like doing this and you're like, oh my goodness, I am so full in the morning <laughs> uncomfortably, I would just take the chia seeds out of that because those those are going to make you feel really full. Okay. Why they have you added in, but it would just be something you could play around with. If you're feeling too full, you could pull those out. Okay. Yeah. And okay. So that would give you like that bigger hit in the morning. And then, you know, it would make your lunch and your dinner and then snack before bed, maybe a little easier, like not having to, um, really struggle to get as much protein in. Um, because really then at lunch and dinner, and especially if you do a snack before bed, if you're doing cottage cheese, that's like 20 grams right there. So you would only need like what, 30 grams at lunch, 30 to 40, 30 at dinner. Okay. Yeah. So when Yeah, go ahead. That, um, so like even this morning, like for my um, yogurt. Yeah. Don't do the full serving. Should I be doing the full serving? Like they say, I think it's like three quarters cup of yeah. yogurt is a serving. Yeah. Yes. You should be doing the Oh full. my goodness. I will be full. <laughs> <laughs> that full serving is still only about 20 grams or okay. 17. Yeah. 17. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely do the, the full serving. Okay, so this is interesting because you might really almost have to train this might you might have to work into this, right? Uh-huh. It's sort of like if you're already full and not having those full servings, this might take a little time to get used to. The whey protein will powder will probably be your saving grace because that really is not satiating in any way. Okay. But but you can get the protein in, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so think of trial and error. Water in. What's that? You're just mixing that whey protein in like water or milk or anything like that? Yeah, or you could mix it into your yogurt, your overnight oats, anything like that. Okay. Yeah. And I do sometimes in a pinch. I mean, it's kind of gross. You know, it's like I just sometimes mix a scoop in water, shake it up, and just chug it down. Um, You know, so you just. I mean, I would rather not, it doesn't taste good, I guess is what I'm saying. But, you know, it's just kind of like, as you're kind of playing with this as a way, and you got to think about it this way, it's a way to really optimize how your body and brain is going to perform the rest of the day, how it's going to feel the rest of the day. And then you're doing it because you have these goals. Okay. Yeah. And then that, I mean, doing that, like you said, then should help to... Do you ever get over the binging? Yeah. 
you have nice sweet spots where things are good. So that's what's in, that's a great question. And it's really an interesting one. So definitely there are people who it completely ends, right? It's uh-huh. like gone forever. Um, and I can tell you, you know, I have other clients and when you get into this sort of research behind this stuff, you'll find not everybody is it, it's not as black and white for everyone. So to your point, there can be times where there are those sweet spots. Typically what happens is then a really stressful situation comes up in life. Like there's a death or a divorce or um, something pretty major or not so major, just something that really, or we have multiple stresses. We're just very stressed out. Typically that's when that behavior will come back in. And so how, you know, how I kind of help people through that is understanding that does not mean like it's back for good or I'm back to all that habitual behavior. It's, you know how we talked last time about smoking cigarettes and that habit mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you could think about a smoker who has smoked for years. They finally quit. They go months without smoking. And then they're at a party with friends and someone offers them a drag on the cigarette and they take it. Right. Yeah. But the- but the next day, they're not back to smoking two packs a day like they were originally. So so you can think about it kind of like that if it does, when it does come up again, where it's like, okay, there it was. But that has nothing to do with that I'm back in that loop or anything like that. So it's kind of like having those having those tools yeah, to, to go back to. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I just don't ever want someone to think. Like, oh my goodness, I haven't binged for two years. And now all of a sudden here I'm binging again and I'm back at it. It's not like that at all. It's like, yeah, you might binge here and you might binge, you know, once every six months after you've kind of, but yes, you go back to those tools and you get back onto that track, I guess would be a way to put it. And then you can go for really long periods of time without it again. But with that said, there are some people where it's just, they work through this and it's gone for good. Okay. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that? Any sense of like, which one you might be? Um, oh, I mean, I guess looking at how things are going, I could see it being completely eliminated. Yeah. But I also know that stress, cause I was a smoker. Oh yeah. Back. And, you know, and I'm talking like high school and just out of high school and, you know, you'd, you'd quit because you shouldn't. In fact, I was told by a doctor that I should quit and not ever start again. And I of course did not heed that because when, you know, late teens, early twenties, we know everything. Exactly. We're not listening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But what I would deem as stress in my life at that time, I would go back and, you know, pick up the cigarette. So, yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I've got this beat. I can, um, I want to be optimistic and say, I can, yeah, beat this and overcome it. Yeah. And I think for me, one of the things, along with all of the tools you've given me, is the honesty with myself. And yeah. then, like, I've, I, like I had said, I had talked to my yeah. husband about it, and he was right. the first person I had ever talked to about it. Yeah. Um, and then I talked with my mom and my sisters about it. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I, I just kind of came out and it was an interesting conversation because I think in maybe this is everybody's 
families or whatever, but you always have somebody that wants to fix things. Oh yes. Yeah. So one of my sisters was like, well, you must be lacking something. You oh. I said, no. Right. Yeah. I said, no. I said, I'm going to listen to Heather. <laughs> I'm going to get my protein in, you know, I don't, right. and I'm not trying to go back and fix my brain and whatever may have happened, but yeah. you know, bless her heart. And I right. had to find out in my mind forgiveness to say, she just wants to help. Good for you. Yeah. But okay. And then I talked with my oldest son and we were kind of talking about addictions and things like that. And I said, well, let me just tell you. Good <laughs> for you. I told him. So it was, it's been, yeah, it's almost like this weight. Yes. Yes. I don't have to be ashamed. I can talk about this because it's okay. And it totally is okay. And I love that you brought this up because. And we did talk about this a little bit last time, but what you are talking about is such a huge piece of healing and being able to get into the space where we're not in, where we're not in that behavior anymore to your point, because that vulnerability really takes away that shame. What you just said, where it's like, I don't have to be ashamed of this. And that's why I can share it. I can be vulnerable. And there's not, there's not consequences to that. Well, your sister trying to fix it. But to your point, you, you know how to handle that. You know that's out of love, you know? Yes. But, but it is that piece of when you said, I think you used the word something lifted. It's like there is a weight that gets lifted when we're not in shame anymore about the behavior. And that is when that true healing process can start. Because if we keep carrying that shame along for the ride, that shame is such a heavy part of the cycle within addiction, within binging, you know, any of that. So, so that's huge. Yeah. Shame, man. (laughs) You know, you never really think about those things being so heavy. Yeah. Shame. Shame is that, I mean, I don't know. I think of it like a heavy, wet blanket, you know, whenever someone's talking about shame, whenever I'm in shame, like that's what it, it is so heavy. And I think we talked last time, we know that gives us the biggest cortisol hit, that stress hormone out of any other feeling. Like it is just a very heavy, heavy one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's been, it's been good. And I do think that that's kind of been part of what's helped me. I bet. I would think that that's probably a big reason why, you know, we're talking about a month later and you've had honestly quite a bit of success. And to your point, it probably has more to do with you speaking your truth and kind of just be letting, releasing some of that shame than it has to do with the protein amount you're getting <laughs> protein helps regulate our appetite all those things is great but to your point it is these deeper pieces that often create long-lasting change that's wow I just I never really even thought about that like the mental pieces can really affect a lot of things it does I think when we're in that when we're out of shame and we're in that lightness when we're in that, um, I don't know, I don't have great words to describe it, but that state of being that's light and more free because we have been vulnerable 
that shame has lifted. I mean, if you think about it, for most of us, we go to food and binging, there's a comfort in that. And so if we often are living in shame, whether we even kind of know we are or not, it's sort of like we, those urges to find comfort. So to binge or to do whatever the thing is that we're doing that we don't want to do come so strong and so often because we just want to feel like we're not in that shame anymore. We're not in that heavy place and binging or overeating or food can help us be in that space for a minute. It feels good to eat, to overeat, you know, all those things. It's not till after that we're feeling awful about it. Right. But when we're light, when we've done the work to lift that shame and we're in that lightness, that freedom, it's just less less often that our brain is going to tell us we need these other things for comfort. Because the brain is kind of providing the comfort on its own kind of thing. Yeah. And because the shame (laughs) isn't there, it's like we're already in this emotional state that isn't heavy, that isn't hard, that doesn't feel awful. And so the brain isn't constantly like, well, you got to feel better. You know, how are we going to make you feel better? Well, food makes you feel better. Eating a lot of food makes you feel better. Food, you know, it's just all of that stuff. So when you've done the work to lift the shame, it's kind of like the brain's not in that constant state of how do we have to fix this? Because you're already feeling that freedom, that lightness. I love it. Yeah, me too. I mean, really, that's the deeper work that you all, I mean, I always hope for anyone I work with because you know, well, let's go back to what you asked. Is this forever? Does it, you know, sometimes does it come back? Well, yeah, both. But for you with this work, you might find it is something that you end up not really ever dealing with again, which would be great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just, I mean, I think, and either, I don't want to say the other, you know, not overcoming it completely isn't hopeful. Mm-hmm. It just, it just seems like it's really hopeful to know that when you, like you said, when you do the work, when you yeah. put in the work and you, I guess, label mm-hmm. it correctly and not, you know, the shame is yeah. what the problem is. Not so much an unhealthy habit with food or unhealthy relationship right. with food. Right. Exactly. The yeah. Same- how are, how are you feeling about your relationship with food, like right now? Um, I feel pretty good. I mean, I still have some little vices that I'm sure. hoping someday, like I'm a, a huge, um, well, specifically Diet Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> um, so like that. And then um, I kind of like the dark chocolate, the dark chocolate with the Brookside with a sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pomegranate. Uh, But as I worked with these things, with the binging and things like that, I find Mm -hmm. myself going and pulling that chocolate less or maybe not many in my mouth at one time. Well, that's what I I was going to say. I was just going to offer. I think that's like dark chocolate can be great for you. There's lots of benefits to dark chocolate. You know, it's more the, you know, if you're overeating it or not. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's probably the better thing. And then, cause I even was writing in my journal last night and kind of in my mind thought of my soda habit and thought, right. you know, I need to overcome this soda habit too. But one thing at a time. Exactly. We'll get over this binging. Wise we'll get- woman. Yes. One thing at a time. You want to make everything super doable. 
And Diet Pepsi is the least of anyone's worries. So, yeah, Yeah. get the protein. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, do you sort of feel I'm going to circle back around to the protein for a second just so that we can have some clarity around that? Do you feel like you kind of have an idea for getting that bigger amount in for breakfast? And do you feel like you could get the rest in for the rest of the day? I think so. I think it's still going to be something I need to think about. Yeah. You have to Um, be mindful. Yeah. Because I'm not, we don't eat fish. My husband does not eat fish, really eat fish. So to get like healthy, then that respect. Yeah. But, you know, maybe could I come to love maybe like those couches of tuna? Is that something good? Sure. Yeah. So I was thinking like yesterday with your half piece of pizza and then that was great. You added the cottage cheese because at least that gave you some protein, you know, but tricks you can try is just like, yep, you could eat just a packet of flavored tuna to get 20 grams in. like just so even if you're going to have pizza, you would add something else to that. You know, you don't have to eat it with the pizza, but just maybe before you have the pizza okay. is awesome. Like have that pouch of tuna. Because also that's going to limit how much pizza you want because you're already kind of getting that satiation factor, you know, mm-hmm. so, so it is to your point more about staying mindful, like at least for a while until you get in the habit of and you will, this will get way easier. It's just really staying mindful right now and and having to put some effort into making the protein happen. But eventually mm-hmm. it, it becomes very habitual. <clears throat> So, yep, bracketed tuna. Um, like I said, you know, if you have leftovers from the evening meal where maybe there's some meat that you did have, you could have that again at lunch, you know, anything. You could um, uh, you could do more cottage cheese than maybe what you had. I mean, it sounds like you're not eating a lot of, like, very um, – I don't know if you're eating the – sounds like you're eating smaller portion sizes is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I think – the cottage cheese, I think I was eating, I think that's a half cup serving. Yeah, it is. On there. So I was eating a half cup yeah. serving. So if you just look at like the calories on the Greek yogurt and go, oh my gosh, I don't want that many calories. Yeah, that's all our diet brain mentality from yes. years past. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so, yep, it's a little bit about breaking those. And we talked about this last time too, those habits of thought, right? Like thinking, and that's why I shared some of the research with you with circadian rhythm. It's like, trying to think in different ways about calories, about what we should be having, shouldn't, you know, all those things. Not, I know that's a lot of it. Now, so thinking about meats. Yeah. So like the chicken breast, that's going to be a good source of lean protein, right? Yep. That would be. What else, since we're not, since we're not big fish, well, we're not, we're not even fish eaters. Yeah. You don't have to do fish ever. That's fine. Um, Although it sounds like you'll eat tuna packets. So that's, I think because they're flavored. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They at least taste good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like what, like I should probably be purchasing like leaner ground beef or. Yeah. And yep. And, um, yep. So I was just, you can do lean ground beef. You could do ground Turkey. Um, you can like leaner ground Turkey any sort of um, like a lean red meat is fine. Um, and I'm saying lean, you know, I'm probably going to get some kickback on this because um, people love keto and high fat so much. But 
But so I'm just going to say, cause you know, the audience is going to hear this. So I'm saying this for the audience, but it's, it's like, you want to think about for you, Emily, what your goals are. So your goals right now are to lose a little weight and to stop the binging habit. And so for those things, I do recommend leaner proteins because when we do protein with high, high fat, there's so much, there's so many calories in okay. that. and calories do still, they're not everything, but they do still matter. And so if I just kind of, if I don't specify a lean protein, what ends up happening is people will eat protein sources and, and protein sources with high fat are very easy to get like ribeye steaks, like eggs, you know, all those kinds yeah. of things. It doesn't mean it's a bad food. It's just not going to be helpful for your partic- particular goals. Okay. Because yeah. I think that was one thing, like my sister had said, was we'll start, you know, cook with coconut oil. And no, said, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to fry anyway. So, yeah. So here's, and, and here's why. Like, obviously, we still need fat in our diet. That's important. And by the way, some people do awesome with a high fat, low carb diet. Some mm-hmm. people do do great with that. But you always have to look at each individual, their goals, all the, their their preferences, all those sorts of things. So here's what happens if you start cooking with high amounts of oil. Now, all of a sudden, and you know this because you had the reaction to your sister, but now all of a sudden you've got an extra 200 to 400 calories in that meal. So now we're not losing weight anymore, which is your goal. Now we're putting on weight. You know? Yeah. So it doesn't mean coconut oil is bad. I mean, doesn't mean you shouldn't cook with it. It's just like, what are the goals? And okay, yeah. not yeah. me. So yeah. if I'm if I'm looking at my percentages for the day, if I want to break down my protein, my fats, and my carbs, yes. What percentage of my my day should be protein, carbs, and fats? Yeah, sure. So I would say protein. You're gonna want around. 30 to 40%, probably 30%, 30 to 35% of your calories, because I'm thinking we had you lined up with around 110, 130 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. You know, every gram of protein has four. Yeah. Am I going to do this right here? Protein has four calories per gram. Um, So do carbs. Fat has nine. Okay, so then if we were doing uh, 30% protein, you're going to probably want to do about the same in carbs. Okay. And then the rest you could. Would nope, be your- I, nope, I'm wrong because we want your fat to be more like 20%. Okay. You're making me do math. You did this <laughs> last time too. <laughs> so if we, so if we backtrack and we say fat's 20 so let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Protein. Let's let's try protein at 35 to 40%. Okay. And then fat at 20. And then the rest would be carbs. So what would that be? 30 to 35%, something like that. Something like that. So, okay. So my higher amount should be my protein and my carbs. Yeah, for sure. Um, and sometimes I switch that around for people. So, so let's say you do that percentage for a bit. And you're like, ah, I am bored with this. I don't like the food I'm eating, right? Then, mm-hmm. so say that happens in six months or something. And then we were talking again. Often, what I would do if you told me that, I would say, okay, now let's switch the fat and the carbs around. So your protein always would stay the same, but we would 
turn your fat into 40% and your carbs into 20. So you can interchange your fat and carbs however you want. It's like, what works best for you? What foods do you like? But I hear your foods that you're eating, they're things like overnight oats, right? It's things yeah. like, um, like even yogurt has a little of, you know, some carbs in there. It's cheese, you know? So it's like, I think your app that you enjoy, it appears carbs probably more than fats, but. Oh, it- yes. I'm a carb junkie. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, but someone comes to me who loves avocados, they love eggs, they love ribeyes. Then typically what I'll do is they'll have a higher percentage of fat and will lower their carbs. Okay. Yeah. So just know you can do that. Just always think about keeping that protein forward. You know, you want to be mindful about that protein, carbs and fat, you can interchange. Okay. Okay. I can do that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So we've got an idea on how you're going to keep working in some more protein. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep, you'll keep monitoring your weight, I assume. Yes. Okay. Because then too, if you start to notice the scale not moving or, you know, it's kind of stalling out or it's starting to move up, then, you know, you can shoot me an email, but let's try to adjust some things then too. Okay. How much more do you need to drop? Because you said you have dropped some and you didn't have a lot to lose. Um, Well, I probably still, it's probably about 20. Okay. That you have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So do shoot me an email if, um, and here's the thing, it's the holidays coming up. So whether you know it or not, like really, I like people just to don't even, I mean, you, if you drop weight during the holidays, that's awesome. But more just to focus on if you can just maintain. And then once the holidays are over, maybe thinking about dropping again. Well, and that's what I'm hoping. If I can just have a hold on the binging through the holidays. Like you get the exactly. cookie and that stuff in here and okay, have a cookie, but don't have 10 cookies. So talk to me. I actually wrote down a little note. I wanted to ask you about the holidays. Talk to me. And we've gone through Thanksgiving um, since I talked to you last. Talk to me about how you went through Thanksgiving and how you're kind of planning to go through Christmas. So hopefully the binging behaviors are are not there. Um, well, Thanksgiving, that was probably the tough time because- yeah pies and cheesecake you bet um and that's where I kind of had to give myself that grace good good and so recognizing that there were those really good and tasty things yeah I don't want to deny myself those things that I deem are good and tasty but I I think I want to portion it out and I think going going into it like when I go to these family functions I think want to fill myself up with some good proteins before I go so that maybe I'm just having little bits here and there. That is a beautiful strategy. Okay, good. Yes, for sure. Anything, um, if you can get yourself to do some protein before any gathering, social, you know, anything where you feel like you might be tempted, right? Um, it's a great way to do it because you're gonna go in I mean, I would always want you to still allow yourself to have whatever you want to have. It's more like when you have that protein already on board, you will find you even think a little differently about those things. It's kind of like two cookies will satisfy you versus if you didn't have the protein already on board, you might want 
six of those cookies, you okay. know, or more. I'm thinking of me. I'm like, I want 10 of those cookies, no. you know? Oh, that's me. <laughs> no, that's me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you get it. Yeah. So totally. that's a beautiful strategy. Okay. Okay. So that's, that is going to be my thought process going in, not to deny myself, but prepare myself. Oh, I love that. With protein. Prepare, so. don't deny. Yes. Oh my goodness. I need to do a podcast with that title. I love it. <laughs> going to steal it. <laughs> hey, by all means, because you have like, totally helped me so much. I'm oh, just, good. This is just, yeah. Awesome. I'm so glad. Okay. So that really could be your, the only strategy you need for going into the, going into Christmas time here. So it's just like prepare, don't deny, definitely allow yourself those things you want, but just your good, your goal, you're going to work at just having protein on board beforehand and that's yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Do you do well then like, let's say you go to a family gathering and there's all the things or you bake cookies and the cookies are at your house. Like, are, do you feel like you do okay in the evenings right now? Like if things are at the home? Um, so far, I think so. I mean, I know like I, like I had made some chocolate chip cookies, um, a month or so ago. And what I tend to do is like freeze them. Yeah. Freeze them just because they don't go so bad. Right. And actually, like I would go in there and I would have, you know, three, four cookies. Right. And I, yeah, I have not done that. So I think, I think I can do it, but I also feel like if I can't, I'm going to be okay with not. I love that. Yeah. I, 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 I have to be okay with that. And my husband doesn't like everything I like anyway. So sure. if it's not here, it's not like he's going to feel like, well, I can't have it. That's not fair. Oh, good. Good. So, yeah. Okay. That is awesome. You know what's so interesting? I, I'm guessing, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to guess. I know this to be true. I'm listening to you and you are so great at not, um, you're not using words like, I can't have these things or I should never, ha you're doing the opposite. You are literally saying, if I decide to do that or have those things or that happens, I need to be okay with that. I am going to be okay with that. I've practiced being okay with that. I think you really have let go of that shame piece of if you were to overeat or if you were to have a, a binge and that probably back to what we were talking about is really what is keeping you from going into the freezer for all those cookies as an example. Oh, wow. So stay in that space is my point. Okay. And like, yes, I want you practicing the protein and protein before you have the cookies and all that stuff is great. But the bigger piece of it is to really stay in that space of I can have whatever I want. Like there isn't restriction here. And that, that calmness, that, um, giving your brain and body almost like it's almost like a safety signal because we can have whatever we want. I'm not going to deny us, you know, all of that is what paradoxically keeps us then out of tension, out of stress. And so therefore we actually eat the things less. We binge less. We it's less intense. So really important to stay in that frame of mind. Cause otherwise, if you're saying you can't have it, you can't oh. have it. 
want it more kind of thing? Absolutely. It, it really is that old adage of, you know, what we resist persists. And then also most of us with some binging, overeating, using food behaviors, many of us have almost this little rebel part to us. And I use a lot of internal family systems theory when I'm working um, with, well, with therapy clients, but also coaching clients. And that's a kind of a theory. I won't go too much into it, but where we, we all have parts of us within us, like all the little different voices that we get, you know? So most of us have that rebel part of us where if the part of us, the wise mind part of us who is like, well, this wouldn't be our wise mind. This would be the, the demanding part of us. That's like, you shouldn't have those things. You cannot have that. You, you can't eat that, you know, that rebel part comes up and it's like, oh yeah, watch me. Like I'm having that, you know? So, so we end up when we, when we set those real strict restrictions with ourselves, we almost always end up in tension within our bodies, feeling stress because we have sort of these very stringent rules. We actually, a part of us wants the thing, but now we have all these rules in place. We're in tension. And then to release the tension, the brain will be like, well, now go eat like eat the food. Cause that's, what's going to release it. Or the rebel part of us is like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat, you know? So we got, we have all these parts that kind of get us into that space of overeating again or binging again. But as long as we can stay very chill, very cool about it, I can have whatever I want when I want it. I'm an adult. I get to make those decisions. Typically that will keep us in less tension, less stress, less cortisol, all the things. And it's way easier to stay away from the binging. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's really some, to me, that's kind of some like cool science. Just... Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff too, for sure. I mean, our brains are just amazing in how they work. And, you know, we just have to almost be smarter than our brains in a way. Yeah. When it comes to yeah. things like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we can, we can totally, we can totally work with our brain and, you know, we can figure out these ways that help us behave in the ways we want to behave in, but where it feels a lot less it's more effortless. It doesn't feel as hard. That's again, that's the key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Making yeah. it not right. Yeah. Cause otherwise we're always given most yeah. of us don't have the energy. I mean, willpower is energy. And so willpower is very finite for most of us. Mm -hmm. We don't have the energy. We're not going to have the willpower. Um, willpower is usually gone by three, four o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that's just the truth for most of us as humans. We don't have that energy reserve anymore. So we really, with stuff like this, can't, can't rely on willpower. We need other ways to change our behavior. Oh, wow. I guess that makes sense though. I mean. Yeah, yeah it does. There's been lots of studies done on willpower. Super interesting. Bottom line. Yeah. By three or four o'clock for most of us, it's gone. So <laughs> we got to figure out other ways <laughs> changes. <laughs> Yeah. Find other strategies because right. the power's That's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else you want us to touch on or you want to wrap up on, or you feel like you have enough to move forward with? Right now, I feel like I have enough to move forward with. I okay. Feel. Um, I, and it's nice to hear that the strategies that I'm trying to employ are positive strategies. Absolutely. Beneficial. So thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Super proud of you. And I will just end by reiterating that piece of more than anything, your most important work is to stay out of that shame 
and stay in that vulnerability piece. Cause I think that more than anything is what's keeping you out of the habit of binging. Will do. All right. It feels so much better. I got to just put that out there when you're not in shame. Yeah. So much better. Oh, it's the truth. I love it. I love it for you. All right. Well, I will. Um, let's catch up again, maybe in a month or so. I will email you and let's find another time to talk. See how you're doing. That sounds perfect. Thank okay. you so much. Have a Merry Christmas. Yes, you too. Merry Christmas. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.